Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Hey, I just want to make you aware of something that I'm doing that may be important to you or someone that you know. I have a lot of clients who are approaching retirement and they're really struggling with many things, finances, mostly purpose, tying their identity to the role that they're in. What are they going to do when they retire? Is it going to be fulfilling? And I have a six-session Act 2 program set up specifically for them. So it's as simple as just going to my website, maryleegannon.com, clicking on the tab Act 2, and you'll get all the information there. No need to worry about retirement. It's going to be the time of your life. Hi there, friend. And welcome to episode 76 of the Still Space Podcast, 10 Lessons from the Corner Office. After three decades as a CEO in various roles, there are definitely distinct lessons I've learned over time. I was interviewed recently and asked my 10 top tips, and that's how I came up with these, and I thought it would be really helpful for my podcast audience to hear them as well. And also, exclusively for you who are listening to this podcast, there is a link in the show notes to my career and life planning tool that I give to my clients at this time of year. I don't have that out anywhere else other than in the programs that my clients are in. So take advantage of that because I know we're approaching the new year and I want you to be grounded I want to help you reflect on what happened last year and how you want to change things in the coming year and how you'll know at the end of that year if it was a great year for you. So planning is essential when it comes to fulfillment and career success and personal success. This tool also evaluates your relationships. So it's free. Just go to the link download it, and spend some time filling it out. I do this every year. My clients do this every year. Compare it to the one from the year before. And this is how we accomplish big things and keep ourselves on track for fulfillment. So the link for that, again, is in the show notes. Go ahead and download that and have a good time filling that out. Send me an email. Let me know what you learned from it. Mary Lee at MaryLeeGannon.com. I'd really like to know. So here are 10 lessons from the corner office. Number one, when we focus on what we have to give instead of what there is to get, we realize our value. Now, most people would think I would start with, be sure you do this, make sure that you've positioned yourself this way. No, 
I really do believe, after watching lots of leaders fail and succeed, having been down the road myself and achieving really good roles in my professional career, still working as the CEO of a $33 million organization by day, I have always, and I see this in others, focused on other people and getting stuff done for them. What is it that they need? What do they want from me? It's a servant leader perspective, and it has continually delivered tenfold for me and for my clients. When we are self-focused, then our ego is driving everything that we're doing, and we can't begin to imagine how the other people are perceiving us or what their needs are such that we can meet those needs. So focus on what you have to give, not what it is that you want to get. And in doing so, you find personal reward from their reaction to you helping them. And it inspires you to want to do more and more and more. So the clients that I have that come to me because they're stuck or unhappy in the roles that they have, they don't necessarily need to find a new role. We have to reposition how they're thinking about the role that they have and the value that they can bring because they've received messages subliminally or overtly that have indicated that they're not bringing value. So we flip the switch on that and move into, uh, you know what, I can bring value. This is the value that I want to bring and here's how I'm going to execute it. Number two, when we are curious and compassionate, we become servant leaders instead of commanded control dictators. Think about the leaders that you haven't appreciated working for. People that are overbearing, manipulative, openly insecure, those you can't trust, those that you know will undermine you, and you start to believe this is personal. You take it as an affront to you from this person. The truth is they are so uncomfortable in their own skin and probably resent something about you that they don't have the same way you can do that the other way as well. So if you find that there's somebody that you're resenting, they can see that in you. Everybody's walking down the same road in life, trying to do the best they can. Some people reach for help. Other people reach out and give help. Some people don't think they need any help and also feel that they don't have anything to give. Those are the people we have to be really aware of because they can be dangerous. They're not coachable usually. They don't have anything to learn and they constantly are trying to prove themselves. So when we're curious and compassionate to those people, we can come alongside them and not be the way they are backed to them. So if you're under fire from a command and control leader, naturally human nature would have you want to fire back. And that doesn't work. (laughs) It just doesn't. When you can get curious, and you might even ask the question, you know, you seem really upset right now. I'm curious, are you upset with me? Is it something that I did? What is it that has you so angry right now? When you point that out to somebody, you're actually helping them do a check on themselves. So they now are looking internally and saying, oh, what am I doing that is being projected this way? It's often a relief for them. Curious and then follow that with compassion. I want to be helpful. How can I do that? 
Number three, there is power in having your boss's back. Find a way to do that or go somewhere where you can. Don't stay and poison yourself, your persona, and the culture. This happens often. People aren't happy in their roles. They quit and stay. They undermine their own potential. They undermine the reputation that they're going to carry with them to their next role. That's your persona. And they've boxed themselves into a corner where they start either feeling entitled or persecuted. And it's just a a no-win zone for anybody. So the power is understanding that your boss is the best person to position you either for a letter of reference if you want to leave or a promotion or a lateral move somewhere to a department that might be more fitting for you. And I understand that often we have a boss that we don't like, okay? It is not okay to just stay there and continue to talk about them negatively. Vote with your feet. If you're not happy, find a position where you are. You don't get to stay. Quit and stay and poison the culture. It's it's not fair to the organization. It's also not fair to you. So if you're really unhappy with your boss, start looking within your organization to see if there's somewhere else you can go. Certainly start with the boss. Have a, a sit-down conversation with them and say, if we were to have a better working relationship, what would that look like? Because often they don't realize what they're doing to you. And it's fair for you to share with them how you're feeling. They can't gaslight you if all you're talking about is how you're feeling. Because you have a right to feel the way you feel. I feel that when I do this, it's never good enough. I feel that blah, 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 blah. Let them see how you're feeling. Now, be careful not to say, you do this, you do this. No, I feel this. I feel like I can't get it right. I feel like I'm not creative enough. I feel whatever it is. So try and have a good relationship with your boss. If you can't, then find somewhere where you can because that boss is able to help you. And that boss should be leading and mentoring you in giving you examples of what it is to be a stellar leader so that you can advance. Number four, good people leave organizations because of bad managers who don't position them to learn and advance. Mediocre people leave organizations for a dollar more an hour, free lunch, and a pool table in the break room. As leaders, we think that we have to win over our employees, win them with things, win them with benefits, win them with features. Really good people stay when they feel mentored, when they feel somebody cares about their future, when they feel that somebody is positioning them to get more experience, to have more exposure. Someone brings them alongside when they're going somewhere just so that they can have the experience of being there. If you want to keep people working for you, and that is a big challenge today, more so than I've ever seen in my career, retention of employees, bring them alongside. Let them see what's going on in your head. Share with them your vision. Talk with them about it. Have them build with you the action plan to get there. Number five, and I love this one. A people hire A people. Ask for their insight and get out of their way. B people hire C people and micromanage them.
So when you look around your organization, really good people hire people that are better than they are at some things. Surround yourself with people who have your weaknesses as their strengths. And that comes with a managed ego. That that comes with saying, I don't need to be perfect at this. I have a team that's better than I am at it, and I trust them. And then you get out of their way. Often I'll start with new clients saying, I have this person working for me. They're better than I am at this, and I have to get better at it because they make me feel small. Well, your job is not to be the maven at everything going on in your department. And if you have someone who's making you feel small, that's a disciplinary action. And we have to create a plan around how to get at the root of why that person feels they need to do that because they're uncomfortable too. Your job as a leader is to set the example such that they can be their best, highest performing self in their zone of genius and bring their value to the project, to the organization, to whatever it is you're working on. And you're grateful for that. I have everybody working for me is better than me at whatever it is that they're doing. And I'm glad about that, right? Because I don't want a bunch of mini-me's running around the office. I want people that are going to challenge me, that are going to bring up things I didn't think of. That's hiring a people. Now, people that are insecure will not hire people who they think are going to eclipse them. Nobody can eclipse you as the leader. They may eclipse a skill set, but that's what they're hired to do. They cannot and will not be able, if you believe and trust in yourself because you've set a vision, because you have a personal mission, because you understand where the organization is going and your role in taking it there. We shouldn't feel threatened by people who are really good at what they do. We should be grateful that they're on our team. Lesson number six, emotional leaders hardly ever advance. Learn to manage the thoughts and feelings that infuse doubt. Practice a good poker face. How many times a week do I hear, but I'm so passionate, but that's my passion. If your passion is overbearing, you're using it as an excuse. Passion is not an excuse for bravado or being overbearing or being too inquisitive or stepping over boundaries. Passion is caring about what you're doing while you still stand with all of your strong character traits of listening and trusting and caring and empathy. The leader who is really emotional. Either they might overtly lash out at somebody, yell at people, cry too much, whatever it is that over-emotional nature is not respected. It's just not respected. Look at the people in your organization that have advanced. They probably have a very calm demeanor about them. They listen well. They plan, they execute, they measure, but they're not going to get emotional at a meeting. And this is why many people come to coaching, because they have to learn to manage the emotions that they have been running from, and they don't even know what those are. And once we can find out what those are, and we can self-regulate around them with practices that are personal to you, you can absolutely show up 
in the same way the people that you admire are because they're already doing that. They know how to do it. They may already have that come to them naturally, but if you don't, that's okay. That just means that something's not resolved, that we have to get resolved so that you can show up the same way. Lesson number seven, narcissistic leaders thrive on keeping their teams in chaos and fear so that nobody notices their ineptness. Keep that in mind. Stay off their radar screen by making sure they know you have their back, giving them all the glory, and presenting your work with confidence so they can trust it. I end up with a lot of clients who might be vice presidents or directors around a C-suite leader who is very unpredictable and out of control and has convinced the board or whoever has hired them that they can manage things. Now, keep in mind, charisma is not a bad thing, but Hitler, Mussolini, and Stalin also had charisma and people liked them at first too. It didn't mean that was a person with a good character. It meant that they had charisma and narcissists usually do have great charisma. They also have an ability to make you feel unsure, uncertain. And you have to understand right up front that you are never going to feel sure or certain of a narcissist. Don't even think you will. It isn't going to happen. They thrive on keeping you on edge. So knowing that your goal is not to feel certain or secure about them. Your goal is to feel certain and secure about yourself. So how do you manage yourself around that person? Stop going to them and thinking that they're going to give you any affirmation. Stay away from them. And if you have to be meeting with them regularly, you're on their team, whatever, your goal is to say as little as possible and instill trust. Make sure they know they can trust you. And you do that with phrases like this. I know you said that you value this. I want to circle back to see if this is what you meant. You said you wanted us to focus on this, and I just want to make sure that I'm doing what you want. Find your own way of saying that so that the person knows that you're dedicated to making them look good or do what it is that they want. Don't get strong-willed. Don't get opinionated. Find the still space moment. Remain calm. Remain true to yourself. But you have to make an arrangement with yourself that you will no longer seek this person's approval or assuredness or any affirmation from them whatsoever. Your goal is to remain true and believe in yourself, not have them affirm that. Lesson number eight. When we can look at ourselves in the eye and not expect to be perfect, we give ourselves room to be human and walk in the shoes of others. When we try on a lot of different shoes, we become grateful that they are not all the same size because it's the diversity of the people around us that brings to light the things that we don't see. But in order to be comfortable in that space, We have to know that we are not the be-all and end-all, that we don't have to be everything to everyone. Our job is to lead in a way that makes things easier for the organization to succeed and our people to feel fulfilled. That's what we do. 
we align our values with the company's values and we help our employees understand how to do the same. Because if they don't know why the work they're doing is important to them, they're not going to stay. That's why you have to get to know them and make sure they understand what's important about their work as it aligns with what's important to them. And that's different with every employee. But that takes being able to stand naked with your vulnerability and look yourself in the mirror and say, I don't know everything. I'm going to have to get to know these employees and ask them what's important to them. And tell them that sometimes I struggle with some of the things that we're doing and if they make sense to me. And then in the end, I figure it out and can explain how that happens. But showing your vulnerability and not being perfect does not make you a weak leader. It makes you human. And humanity is what keeps people engaged. Lesson number nine, executive presence is the ability to observe yourself from a third-party perspective and admire what you see. That's all executive presence is, is to be able to step outside of your skin, look at you as if you were a fly on the wall, see what you see and like it. If what you see you don't like, that's what you work on. And most of the time that has to do with unraveling the assumptions from the truth that goes on in your head. It's an assumption that they won't like me. It's true that I'm prepared. It's true that I believe in myself when I'm in my zone of genius. And where's my zone of genius? It's in strategy, or it's in listening, or it's in negotiating. But knowing yourself well enough to know that gives you power. And lesson number 10, there is power in silence. Never underestimate the value of a pause for yourself, and for effect. There are many speakers that use a pause well. Go to your favorite TED Talks and listen for the pause. Listen for the moment of silence. Watch how when somebody wants to accentuate something, they pause before they say it. Use that. Use intonation. Pay attention to the cadence of your voice. Watch how others are using it. There's power in the awareness of the things that you can control. And that's something as simple as the words and the cadence and the tone and the pauses of what comes out of your mouth. There's power in silence. So those are my top 10 tips for today. If you take just one of them and act on it this week, I think you'll see that it's going to make a difference. And I'm going to work on more of these because I know uh, just from the comments I get from my listeners that you like it when I do this. So wishing you your power in silence today. Okay, leader. Many of you have reached out and asked me what it's like to work with me in my Mindful Leader Satisfied Life Circle. So I'm going to give you a very brief overview of exactly what you get in working with me for that six-month program. You get transformation. You get walking into any room, any situation, knowing you belong, having control, having people come to you. But on a tangible basis, what does that look like? It starts with seven one-on-one laser-focused individual coaching sessions with me over six months, and then access to the six months of live weekly small group coaching calls 
And because you know I only coach a handful of people, sometimes there are only two or three people on those calls. Sometimes it's only you and me. So that's like another weekly coaching session. And you get to get the perspective of other executive leaders who are in the same place that you are. Get six-month access to my Mindful Leader Satisfied Life time-saving assets, trainings, modules, and all kinds of workbooks that personalize this to you. The self-discovery is inspiring. Can't wait to get on to the next module and see how much more self-control you'll have over those negative thoughts that have been holding you back. There's a private online community where we can share daily questions, but the special bonus is you have 24-7 email access to me. I'm your coach on call. You want me to look at your resume? I'm happy to. Any of the exercises that you're having difficulty with, you don't have to wait to the call. You just reach out to me and I will get back to you within 24 work hours. You're having a problem at work with somebody? I'm your coach on call. There's a leadership intake analysis that I read on my own time so that I can get more background on you and not have to use up your sessions with me. And exclusive to this program, Flow on the Go Weekly Planner, where you can track your routines, track your gratitude, track what's changing, what's showing up for you. Well, what does this look like over the six months, Mary Lee? Okay, number one, that first month, you notice your patterns, your habits. You start noticing the patterns and habits of others. You have defined your signature strengths and your personal values, and you're applying those. And now you're starting to dream again. You have a vision for yourself, for your career and your life. You've stopped judging yourself and others. In month two, this is where I've taught you how to self-regulate with curiosity. You process difficult and stale emotions and release them. You replace your stuck story with how you're not whatever enough. And you are now creating a career plan with confidence, feeling worthy. You have self-control over negative thoughts, over your behavior. And months three to six, you are playing blue sky big. You are soaring here. You are self-empowered. You execute your career and life plan. You shine, apply for stretch roles if that's what you want. You have better relationships and control over your food intake, your sleep, your exercise, your self-care. You have compassion for yourself. And you know that person that you really dislike? You actually have compassion for them. So there is a link in the show notes, maryleegannon.com slash consultation. Go ahead and apply. I will reach out. I'll set up a phone call with you. We can go over some of the details, but I'm interested in helping you be that mindful leader with a satisfied life. And there's no reason to wait because it happens quickly. I'm glad you were with me today and I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me.